There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What's up, everyone? I am Ben Kissel, joined by Henry Zabrowski. Yeah. This is a special episode focusing extensively on Zombieland Double Tap. Of course, Zombieland, the first film, came out in 2009. In this episode, we're going to discuss a little bit of what we loved in the first Zombieland, and we had a great honor to interview Ruben Fleischer, the director of Zombieland 1 and Zombieland Double Tap. Zombieland Double Tap comes out October 18th. Make sure you go check this film out. But Mr. Henry Zabrowski, let's do a little bit of conversating about why Zombieland was such a badass film and how it combined horror and comedy so well. Well, Zombieland is a rare horror comedy where yeah. it is as funny as it is as it has a good old dash of violence in it yes. i love the very it's got really great special effects and it is genuinely funny and it was from 2009 which was simple times especially it in was. the world of horror because there's such a glut of zombie material now mm-hmm. where at the time zombie land was very fresh and it yes. was such a smart and fun take on the genre and it came from a bunch of people who kind of understood what the hell they were talking about and of course it was from the writers of deadpool one and deadpool two so they get character they understand how to be funny and extremely violent and the craziest thing about zombie land is it's one of those other than woody harrelson Every other person, Emma Stone, uh, Jesse They were Eisenberg, all unknowns. Yes, Ab- uh, Abigail uh, Breslin. They all had a little bit of steam, a little bit of clout. But yeah. for the most part, Emma Stone since then has won an Oscar. Yeah. So it really is a movie that you rewatch and you're like, how the heck did they get this cast together? This is unreal. Well, they're kind of, they're bound by nostalgia. Because you don't want somebody else to take your role. You don't no, want somebody, not. yeah, you got to fight for that edge. And Zombieland, I remember watching it. I went with my friend Jeff Darlin. We oh, went yes. to the theater, and that opening just rocked my tiny Polish nuts off. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think it was one of the first movies that like fully understood that when you're a fan of comedy, you can also be a fan of, like, a zombie being chopped in half with garden shears. You can be a fan of like just blood splattering all over uh, the screen. It reminds me of the old school films like Dead Alive. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's oh, yeah. so over the top and it's so gory where it comes to the point where you're like, this is just straight up funny. And I love the way that he just makes that world like so real and so fresh and also just so gritty. But you can't help but laugh. What I read is that this was also originally a the first first pitch of this was a Left 4 Dead movie. Remember the oh. video game Left 4 Dead? Yes, of course. That was fucking awesome. Whole yeah. slay all it was was killing zombies. Right. And that is what I loved about this movie is that it has the same sort of vibe. And again, it did the really good postmodern comedic take of yes. them. Which that was what I was always focused on when I was used to watch zombie movies as even as a little kid. I remember thinking about being like, well, what does everybody else do? Like, once the zombies are gone, like, why don't you just like live? You can live a life. You get to go right. into people's homes, look through all their medicine cabinets, look through where all their underwear used to be. You could go watch all their DVDs. You can do drink whatever all you their want. Booze. Yeah, you do whatever you want. 
That's the thing. And, you know, booze lasts forever. So if you are in a post-apocalyptic world, how many months do you think it's fun before you're like, I miss my friend Charlie? How many months do you think it's just like, this is actually the best thing that's ever happened? You get to you get to get the aggression out by seeing a zombie every now and again and shooting it at the head with a shotgun. So that's kind of fun. And then you also just get to go live in a mansion. And in, in the case of Zombieland Double Tap, they get to live in the White House. If which- you got a good collection of buddies towards yeah. the end, then I think that then, yeah, you can last for forever. You have to have, what's nice is that everybody's standards are lower. So if there's just yep. one like beautiful woman that chooses to be with you, then you can have a girlfriend. You know sure. what I mean? You have a girlfriend. You don't got to get married then because there ain't no laws. There ain't no lawyers well, out there. Co- but of course, there are many laws in Zombieland. And then the, there's new, I guess not laws, there's new rules, rules in Zombieland uh, Double Tap as well, which I think that is actually what kind of made the first Zombieland so much fun was that kind of like rural structure. Like when the person flies through the car and then rule like whatever the number was, was like always wear your seatbelt. I, I loved it. It was such a great way to like get a punchline in. Basically, you show some violence, and it's like, and how it and how it ties into a rule. I just thought that was a brilliant way to get the punchline through. And then we also got to see the reason why the rule was invented, which is because someone's about to get brutally murdered. Again, just give me murder. As a viewer, as a consumer of horror films, just give me the murders. That was the thing. I did that Ready or Not movie, which I really, really loved. I love that fucking movie. But I could have used with a little bit more murder. Well, this is a a question for you, Henry. If you kill a zombie, is it mere No, it's the same way as you kill a Nazi in Wolfenstein. <laughs> it's the same thing. It is. It's not it's murder. So that's is why that it? it's, it's all justified. You're allowed to do whatever you want. It's okay. so much fun. That's where you get to really fully release. You get to finally be you. Just to totally nerd out here for a second, Zombieland happens, right? It's you and I. We get to survive. Marcus is definitely going to survive because he's going to dig himself a, a full-on ditch, and he is going to be safe forever because I Marcus think by is a then, survivor. He truly will have abandoned us, though. You know, honestly, yeah, yeah. I think at that point he will finally know I don't have to take care of these men anymore. No, and no. We're he, like, yeah, well, we can totally handle it on our own, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point do you create zombie, pro-zombie loss where you say, you know what? Zombies are now protected. You got to stop killing all these zombies. If you kill a zombie, you're going to get in trouble because at some point we're going to have to get back to a humane society. I choose in the ink again. I would not fight for a zombie, but I'll fight for a robot. This is the thing that we've talked about this. I will fight for robot rights, but zombie rights, these are aliens on our land and must be expunged. <laughs> oh my God. You're very extremist on this. Must be expunged. I love it. Zombies versus robots, by the way. That sounds like a next. Maybe Zombie Land 3 will be zombie versus robots. Yeah, it sounds robots. like a movie that Tara Reid has already said yes to. <laughs> She is wonderful. All right, everyone. Now it is time for our interview. This, honestly, Ruben Fleischer was unbelievably kind, and we really could not be uh, thankful enough for him to take some time to sit down and chat with us. So enjoy the interview, and don't forget, October 18th, Zombieland, double tap. Get your tickets. Henry and I have ours. It is going to be a gory good time. Live from your grave. Today we are honored to have with us 
Ruben Fleischer. He is the director of Zombieland and Zombieland Double Tap. Zombieland Double Tap comes out October 18th. Make sure you go check this film out. Ruben, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Hell yeah, dude. I love Zombieland. I remember seeing it. It probably is one of the best intros to a horror film, especially in the last decade. We're very excited to see Double Tap. Yeah, it's really fun, the new one. We really just want to recapture the spirit of the original. Um, And so there's a lot of things I think that will feel familiar, but then there's also a lot of really fun uh, new situations that we put our uh, characters in. Yeah, I mean, obviously you got a lot of the old cast coming back, uh, everything that's old is new again, plus some new additions. Uh, You know, as a podcast, we do a lot of horror and comedy. We sort of combine true crime with humor. And I think Zombieland, the first one that I saw, just did such a great job of combining humor with, you know, um, a zombie getting its head cut off by garden shears. How do you weigh um, the humor versus the gore when making something like Zombieland and Zombieland Double Tap? Well, for me, I was came up more as of a comedy fan, so I've always kind of leaned more in that direction. Right. But you can't have a zombie movie without some horror. So um, <clears throat> we always tried to uh, make it as fun and entertaining, and I think that goes back to the tradition of zombie movies, which always have kind of a, a camp factor. And some of the you know, fun of a zombie movies are the creative ways that you can kill them, which is why in the new uh, Z2, we've maintained the zombie kills of the week, but we've elevated them to zombie kills of the year. And we have some really fun, creative ways uh, to take out zombies in this new movie. So nice. excited. So excited to see it. As, as a horror fan, I watch every new horror movie that comes down the pipe. My thing is, I think anything can be saved with the liberal amount of murder. Right? <laughs> you just do it creatively. I'm already sold. But because comedy and horror are such common pairings, the only real successful ones for me, in my estimation, are the ones that really show character through the humor. Right. That are grounded and it comes from the relationships between the characters and murder. Uh, yeah, that's what we really focused on with this movie is the relationships, you know, because ultimately it's a family movie It's a, at its core. Um, you know, for me, the sort of reference point for the original was vacation and that there's people going on a road trip to Wally World, uh, so to speak, but in our case, it was Pacific Playland. Um, but with this movie, uh, the, the family's fractured a little bit. Uh, little Rock isn't so little anymore. Uh, that's the character played by Abigail Breslin, who was 12 in the first movie, and now mm-hmm. 10 years later, and she's a young woman who wants to leave the nest and uh, go out on her own way and meet a boy and just have experiences outside the um, you know, somewhat oppressive thumb of Tallahassee. Right. And so she takes off with this, um, you know, every father's worst nightmare, which is a musician, uh, played by Avin Jogia, whose name is Berkeley. And not, not only is he a musician, but he's a pacifist. And I don't know which one Tallahassee hates more. Um, so they, they take off and then it's up to, um, Tallahassee, Wichita, in Columbus uh, to go get her, but the kind of fly in the ointment is that um, in the time that Wichita has also been away, uh, Columbus has met this new girl named Madison, who he met at the mall, uh, where she says, uh, 
It was like Dawn of the Dead. I was just living in a mall. She was living yeah, in course. a freezer at Pinkberry. Um, she, uh, she, uh, she is kind of the fly in the ointment as she becomes a bit of a impediment between uh, Columbus and Wichita. So obviously the first um, installment of Zombieland, the characters were very well defined. Uh, obviously Woody's character is just this sort of like, you know, badass dude, uh, sort of taking control of a lot of situations ag- aggressively, but also with a lot of humor. How did uh, you and your writing team sort of re-sculpt those characters, make them new again? And then also when it comes to the additions of people like Rosario Dawson, Zoe Deutsch, Thomas Middleditch, who we've known for a long time time and of course luke wilson and avon who you mentioned how did you sort of sculpt their characters to fit with uh you know the uh, the characters from the first film how have the characters from the first film evolved and what's the relation like with now these new uh, people involved well i gotta give credit to wernick and reese the writers of the original movie who also wrote this movie and also wrote a little movie called deadpool and deadpool nice. 2 awesome the best superhero movies i love those films yeah they just they've nailed this sort of like self-aware comedy voice um yeah. that i think we see with deadpool and that columbus has aspects of as well but they created these really clearly defined characters uh in the first movie and we we're just lucky enough to cast the incredible people that we ended up with and they really embody the characters in terms of updating them i wouldn't say that so much has changed i mean columbus's is neurotic and um you know kind of insecure and Mm -hmm. his life is defined by rules as ever and tallahassee is still the red-blooded uh american that he's always been right um so it's not so much that their personalities have changed, just the dynamics within the group have changed. Tallahassee wants a little bit, he's feeling a little bit like he needs to go on in his own way and uh, be true to his lone wolf self. Wichita is a a rolling stone that gathers no moss and she wants to everybody's kind of just feeling a little stir crazy, I guess they've been living in the, when we meet them, they've been living in the white house for, we have to assume a few years. And I think they're all just kind of getting a little antsy with the exception of Columbus, whose drive is always just to, um, you know, keep the family together. And, and in this one, it's really just to find a home, uh, which is where they start off with. He says, you go big or go home. And we went to the biggest home we could, which is the white house. Um, (laughs) but, but, as far as the integration with the new characters, again, it, it was just to the credit of the writers who created these, you know, really strong characters and kind of archetypes that allowed us to cast some really amazing uh, people. Um, Zoe is a real discovery as Madison, who's nice. like a kind of millennial type girl who is, you know, only been reading Us Weekly circa 2007. She's just clad in Von Dutch and Juicy Couture tracksuits and uh, is living her best Paris Hilton, (laughs) Lindsay Lohan life um, at the mall when they find her. She'll be sad to know Jennifer Aniston still hasn't found a boyfriend because I think that's been on the cover of... (laughs) She can't get pregnant! I know! Oh my god! It's all kind of the same. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, So she... she, uh, they meet, and then, and, and she just lived, uh, brought this character to life in just such an amazing way. She's so funny in the movie, and I can't wait for people to see her. And then Rosario is just someone I've been a fan of forever. Oh, yeah. And when, 
you kind of think of who would be a good match for Woody Harrelson, just this badass zombie-killing, Elvis-loving guy. Rosario mm-hmm. felt like you know she could meet his match, um, and so there's an instant kind of uh, attraction, but also a competition between them, uh, and, and it, they just have incredible chemistry between them, and it's really fun uh, when we meet her uh, in in the movie. Awesome. And then as far as Thomas and Luke, I mean, I don't want to say too much, but I think you can tell from the trailer that there's like a doppelganger bizarro thing going on um, right. with Columbus and Thomas and then Luke and, and Woody. And it's a really fun uh, sequence in the film that I, I think is probably going to be a lot of people's favorite. Yeah, those guys are brilliant. How was it getting the crew back together after 10 years? The actual actors? Is it the same vibe? Yeah. Do you feel like you have to catch people up? Do they now have to, they have like highfalutin ideas about their characters? How does 10 years change things? Yeah, was it like the Blues Brothers where you're like, we're getting the band back together? Yeah, it, 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 there was there was an aspect of that, but I mean, if you think about ten years ago, when we made the movie, Emma was twenty, and yeah. she no one knew who she was. Oh yeah, we'd try and sneak her into bars, and they'd be like, "No, she can't come in," and we'd be like, "But she's this actor in the thing," and they'd be like, "It doesn't matter." Like you know, could walk down any street, no one knew who she was. Right. Um, and since then, she's won an Oscar. So you know, it was a little awkward the first day when she insisted that nobody look her in the eye, yeah. and you know, we couldn't <laughs> talk to her directly. And that we had to talk through her assistant, but um, but we you know we found a rhythm over time. Now she's honestly like the most humble. Oh. The incredible thing about the whole experience was that nobody has changed. Literally, no one has changed. Like Woody's as fun and fun loving as ever. Yeah, um, and. You know, I, every movie I've done has included a member of the original cast. 30 Minutes or Less was with Jesse. Emma was mm-hmm. in Gangster Squad and Woody was in uh, Venom. So I maintain a closeness with all them. Jesse and Woody were in the Now You See movies, uh, movies together, so they've maintained a closeness. And then Emma just is everyone's favorite person in the world. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, you know, she and, she and Jesse and Woody have spent plenty of time together in the 10 years. So, it, honestly, we've all remained good friends. And... Um, and so there was a natural, I think that was the impetus in, in large part to kind of make the sequel was just to go uh, have fun, you know, making yeah. something that we were all excited about. But uh, I will say that Woody ha- has said that among all the movies and things he's done in his career, the thing he kind of gets most asked the most about is Zombieland 2. Uh, yeah. When's it coming out and what's going on with that? Awesome. And so he felt this like immense pressure that if we're going to make a sequel that it had to be as good as the original because it does, you know, I don't want to uh, toot my own horn, but uh, but it does feel like a movie that people have a special connection with. Like, it's yeah. a, you know, it's had some staying power. And so, and so we all felt a responsibility to, if we're going to do it, it just has to be good. And so that's in part why it took so long to get it get it done is because we just wouldn't settle on the script. We had to really make sure that it was a story worth telling and that it was going to resonate in the same way. And I think I can proudly yeah. say that it, it we succeeded. Like I, I watched the movie with audiences and I, I think this movie might be funnier than the original. Awesome. It's just a really fun, fun movie to go see. 
Well, speaking of connecting with the audience, you know, a film sort of has to feel alive and a film, a film has to feel like it's fresh, even in the moment. And I think oftentimes people achieve that through improv. Uh, obviously, a script is absolutely crucial, but so is the relationship between the actors. Can you speak a little bit? Uh, obviously, you have some superstars, Woody, uh, Middleditch, uh, Rosario Dawson. These are unbelievable actors, obviously, uh, Jesse and Emma and Abigail. Was there a lot of improv on the set? of part two uh, and you can speak on part one as well because it just comes across like these people are in the moment it's alive it's fresh it's fun uh can you speak to the improv of the movie sure yeah i mean that's something i love doing having come up shooting tons of comedy uh and being a huge fan of comedy like i i love improv but improv's best when it's really character based and that's what i yes. think um distinguishes the the improv in this movie it it's it's really organic to the characters and Jesse's one of the funniest people you could possibly meet just generally but mm -hmm. his improv skills he's so fast and so funny in the first movie there's tons of great improv i mean one of the lines uh, that i love that i remember is you almost knocked over your alcohol with your knife was something that uh, <laughs> Jesse came up with on the spot. And, yeah. and there, there's honestly so, so many improvised lines uh, from the first film. And, and basically the entire Bill Murray sequence was improvised. Because uh, right. we cast him only four days before he got there. And he basically, you know, he looked at the script, but I don't think much of what he said was in it. So he really, uh, he brought so much to the table wow. uh, improvising. Like the, the, that line, you know, do you have any regrets? Garfield may be like... Like that's a one and only Bill Murray classic that uh, <laughs> yes. I don't think you can script, you know? How did you know when you were going to get him for the first Zombieland? Is it like the same thing that I've heard where you didn't know that he was going to show up until he showed up on the day? Well, it was a really um, kind of crazy story. The, the original script uh, for Zombieland uh had Patrick Swayze as the celebrity whose house oh, they go to, you know, man. Tallahassee's talking about like Roadhouse and, you know, all the amazing, uh, Patrick Swayze, uh, movies he loved. And in the script, there was this sequence where they go to his house. They're kind of looking around, they're exploring separately. Columbus goes into some room. There's a pottery wheel. He sits down at the pottery wheel and these two hands come around behind him and hold him at his waist. And he looks over his shoulder and it's like, Patrick Swayze recreating the scene from Ghost um, with him. <laughs> and But Patrick Swayze is a zombie, like a full-blown zombie. He's not talking. He's trying to eat Columbus. So then he starts chasing him all throughout the Swayze manor. And um, I, I forget all the twists and turns, but it, it ended up with um, him about to attack Columbus and kill him, the Swayze zombie. And then from the other end of the room, you hear Tallahassee saying, you know, uh, Swayze, you know, stop right there. And Swayze zombie turns. He charges uh, Tallahassee, leaps at him. Tallahassee catches him by the waist, hoists him above his head, recreating the lift from Dirty Dancing. And then Tallahassee threw him into a wall and, you know, effectively kills him and says, nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> oh, my God. That's incredible, dude. Yeah, that it was like this amazing sequence that like when Woody signed up for the movie, like it was one of his favorite parts and, yeah. you know, everybody just like, but, but then through the process of making the movie was when Patrick Swayze sadly got sick with cancer. Right. And so oh he was never God. attached officially, but like, it, you know, it just wasn't even a possibility. And so from that point on, we like, 
I don't know if I'm speaking out of school, but we, we approached a lot of different celebrities to kind of parody themselves um, <laughs> with different zombie versions of themselves. Right. And we sent scripts to, you know, Sylvester Stallone, where there was like Rocky and Rambo references. And uh, it, it was all kind of tied to Tallahassee's, you know, if you were to go to Beverly Hills and try and go to some celebrity's manor, who would it be? So right. it was St- Stallone. And we kind of <laughs> went down the list to the point where we got to like Joe Pesci draft and then Mark Hamill draft. And like <laughs> oh, everybody man. was passing. Like we just couldn't get anyone to commit to it to the point where we ended up having to say, okay, well, despite the fact this was everyone's favorite sequence in the movie, we're going to um, just have to go with like an old Jewish, uh, you know, couple. Like the joke was they go into the house and they see Bubby and Peepaw and all these photos around and they're yeah. the sweetest old couple. And then these old zombies attack them. And like, um, we got to the point where we had found the house, this rich Beverly Hills house. The We had cast these two older stunt people to play Bubby and Peepaw. We had been rehearsing with them what the fight would be like. It's like two weeks before shooting, and Woody just was like, nah, this is, a, this is such a missed opportunity. Like, we got to figure this out. Nice. And he had heard that Bill Murray was in uh, Atlanta shooting where we were shooting, and so he's like, I'm going to ask Bill Murray. And he called his 1-800 number. And they obviously had a relationship <laughs> through Kingpin. And, uh, and and so about a week before, this was a week before, actually, before we were due to shoot it, he got Bill Murray. And Bill Murray was like, oh, it's such a shame. I just went back to New York. I'm not in Atlanta anymore. But somehow Woody convinced him to do it. Aww. And Bill Murray's only note was like, if I'm going to be in the movie, I can't just be a zombie. I have to have some lines. What if I'm dressed as a zombie to try and throw off the zombies, but I'm not really a zombie? Dude, <laughs> you can have Bill Murray. You want to have him talking. Of oh, course. Yeah. He came up with that idea. Sony, like, you know, in four days got us, like, tons of Ghostbusters swag from there. Uh, you know, the art department figured out how to make you know, that house a little bit more Bill Murray. And he came in at like 11 a.m. We had a PA posted at the airport just to make sure he'd show. He came in at like 11 a.m. And then um, shot for uh, that that afternoon. Um, I think he and Woody went out real late that night. The next day we shot till uh, a full day with him. And uh, he kept saying really funny stuff to me. Like when I'd do a take and I'd give him a note. He'd be like, "What now, squirt? Or, what now, first timer?" <laughs> and uh, and then uh, and then we ended up um, like drinking late at that mansion where we shot at. Like he was, ma- it was like Bill Murray was behind the bar making margaritas for people. Oh my god! But, you know, the last time I ever saw him, it was like a dream. I had a dream that like for a day and a half I got to hang out with Bill Murray. Ah, oh, that's so much damn fun. That is so awesome. Again, we are speaking with Ruben Fleischer. He is the director of Zombieland and Zombieland Double Tap. Zombieland Double Tap is going to hit theaters October 18th. So make sure you get your tickets. Um, when it comes to making a sequel, obviously a question that is often asked by the audience, such as Henry and myself, is do I need to see the first Zombieland to understand? understand uh Zombieland double tap. So could you speak a little bit to that? Do people have to see Zombieland or can they just take a deep dive into this world and sort of pick up on the nuances or what they missed in the first film? I definitely don't think you need to see the first movie to enjoy this one because it's a really great story with really funny people, but I think you'll enjoy it even more if you have seen the first one because there's a bunch of references to it and inside jokes um, that will be all the more funny if you get the, if you get 
the reference. This is a question that I think Henry and I both have because we've we've been to Hollywood, we've pitched our shows, we've sat in those meetings, and they are great. And as you can see. They have just been, the offer's been rolling in, sir. It's like, we are saying no. We were like, no, you know, we need, we're going to need more from you. Um, what was it like pitching this? Now, this was obviously 2009 when you, or I would assume you had to pitch well before that, before the film came out. But horror and comedy, it's not always the easiest for studio heads to understand. They're like, so it's not a comedy and it's not a horror film. What is this? How was that pitch project uh, or how was that pitch process rather? rather like for you did you find people accepting the notion or was it more like pulling teeth and being like no this can be done this is actually what the audience wants well uh the evolution of the project was a little uh atypical because uh and i don't want to get too much in the weeds like i did on that bill moyer story but like this started out as a tv show it was a tv oh. pilot that um warnick and reese wrote and so there was an existing script uh i think was uh, don't quote me, but for the sci-fi network or something like that. And um, they said, yeah, I don't know. And then so the producer, Gavin Plume, said, well, what if we do it as like a TV movie? And if it works as a TV movie, uh, then maybe it can spawn a series. And I said, uh, okay, well, why don't you write the script and we'll see 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 what it looks like. And hmm. and uh, they wrote the script and they turned in the network and, and they said, this is just too expensive. And so Gavin, being an industrious producer, said, okay, fine, I'll just do it as a feature. And so he sold that spec TV pilot movie script to Sony. Um, and so they bought it based on the strength of the writing, which I think we can all agree these guys are just so funny and so original. Oh, I, think, yeah. I think it was hard to not deny the challenge for me coming into it was that it was written as a movie that was sort of meant to launch a series so it didn't have as much of a beginning middle and end as a traditional film would want to um so my contribution to it was kind of coming up with the idea of pacific playland as this destination that they're driving to and making it you know basically stealing from vacation and making it right. into more of a traditional road trip movie so what was what was the catalyst then to change it from that tv series uh, into a film because obviously that is that's a heck of a transition to have to make did they just uh, at some point did they just call you and be like yo it's a movie now <laughs> you know get on making it a film, uh, i wasn't or? involved prior to that but okay. i think um i think that it was really just that the network wasn't gonna make the show in any version and that the producer and the writers uh were committed to figuring out a way to get it made and so they just uh took it to the movie studio and and those guys saw the potential in it that awesome. means a lot though that's hard because you it have to does. stick to it you, you get a lot of no's you hear that story all the time people the guys from stranger things they were told no yeah countless times and then they end up sticking to it which it does sound crazy but for them it worked yeah, I think that's the only way to win. And you just got to, if you really believe in something, you can't yeah. take no for an answer. I mean, it's such a cliche, but that's that's the only way to get good stuff made, I think, is if, it, or especially things that, uh, to go back to your original question, are, haven't been done before. You know, like, right, like right. Uh, American Werewolf in London, I think, is a terrific horror comedy and maybe the the best horror comedy. But I don't know that. It probably was a big uh, hit, actually, because it got a sequel made. But it, but I mean, it's just not yeah. as as traditional a, a genre. It's always tricky, I guess, when you mix genres. Yeah. I don't know that if we started with the 
original script now that we could have got it made. It's just a different landscape. I think the only reason yeah. the sequel is getting made is because the first one exists. But if we were to start from scratch with that Zombieland script, I, I think it would be a really hard argument in this marketplace. There's a certain democracy to the audience showing up, and then you're like, see, we won. See, so see we got them. Yeah, we got we absolutely. put butts in seats. Um, but so when now the zombie genre has become like, it's like chock full. Right. There is so much zombie stuff. When you guys started in 2009, when Zombieland first came out, I want to say it was probably also around the time that Walking Dead mm-hmm. might at least mm-hmm. the comic book was out hardcore. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, I know that. So but now there's there's zombies everywhere. Do you ended up taking more of that into consideration? Because there are now like serious versions of Zombieland between the hyper serious like The Road or like Stakeland, or these like various places that are essentially hardcore, dark versions of Zombieland. Did you end up having to take any of that into consideration? Like, do you go and watch all of this other side pieces to the genre to see if it can inform the comedy? No, I, I, I probably should have, but uh, for <laughs> me, what, I was just focused on just trying to maintain the spirit of the original yeah, as much as yeah. possible because I think like that's if you're going to go see this movie. Um, I feel like it's it's because you have a connection to the original. Um, there's a funny moment where Columbus is is reading a Walking Dead comic book in the film, and he says, "This is so terrifying, but also so unrealistic." Um, That's and great. he's speaking as somebody in a, a zombie post-apocalypse. So we, I think, there is a little wink. Um, Emma at one point pitched an idea that like the zombie team, the zombie land squad would be going across the country and then they'd run across some of the errant members of the walking dead, but we, <laughs> we didn't end up doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we tried to like not worry too much about it, but at least give it a, a, a little bit of a nod. That is so awesome, man. Well, my final question again, zombie land double tap October 18th, go check out this film. I suppose my final question is, uh, you're an audience member. You go, you purchase your ticket, you sit down in the seat. What, are you going to feel? What are you going to walk out of the film feeling? What do you want the audience to absorb when watching this movie? The movie's just so fun. It's really like an amazingly fun movie. It's just got so many great jokes, so many laughs, really great action. Um, it's it's just fun. And I, th- I think it's to the credit of the cast. It's just, they're four of the most, you know, charismatic and, and, uh, charming people that you could hope to find so just hanging getting to hang out with them again is just a delight and then i tried to add some uh you know some some bigger stakes with like bigger action set pieces and um you know tougher stronger more zombies and you always got to go bigger in a sequel but at its core this movie is about the characters and their relationship and and uh, the fun that they have in this unexpected place i love it awesome man ruben fleischer the director of zombieland and zombieland double tap again october 18th we are going to go absolutely cannot wait cannot thank- wait man thank you so yeah. much for talking with us yes thank you so much really man. appreciate it you guys 